This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's a new way to lead off your Sunday with conversation, unique perspectives, and your thoughts and questions on the Hometown Nine. It's Twins Today. Swing and a miss on a changeup. That was masterful pitching from Jose Barrios. I know they know I got a great curveball, so they're looking for that's when I was the that breakable. Twins today is driven by the Mauer Auto Group. More than cars. It's hard to believe that was 15 years ago. Right? Time flies, but uh, you know what? I'm in a new role and I'm enjoying it. Thanks, Derek. Which thought am I? Did I make the top five? Now, live from Target Field, here is Derek Wetmore. Hello, good morning, good to be with you, Twins fans. This is Twins Today, driven by the Mauer Auto Group, more than cars. I'm your host, Derek Wetmore, sitting out here at uh, Overcast Target Field. Um, Maybe some better weather coming. I saw a little bit of rain foreshadowed in the forecast, but that was only a slight chance. So we'll uh, hope for a good day for baseball here. Twins Today is with you every Sunday right here on WCCO Radio, 10 to noon, on Sunday mornings leading up to Inside Twins, the Adina Realty pregame lineup card, and, of course, we'll have first pitch for you coming up in just a few short hours. Uh, This is a super fun show. I'm really looking forward to this one. I think I say that every week, but it's justified. Uh, Coming up, we've got MLB insider Mark Feinsand for MLB Network and MLB.com. He also recently released a book. We'll talk to him about his recent piece about the Minnesota Twins as it relates to the trade deadline. Not necessarily a conversation we expected to be having this early in the season, but that's that's kind of where the Twins are at right now. Playing a lot better baseball lately, so uh, we'll ask Mark about that and, and how his piece has been impacted by maybe this last week of baseball for the Twins. We're also going to talk with Chris Kleinhans Schultz, who is with the Cedar Rapids Colonels and does uh, broadcasting for them. Also, host of the All Ears podcast, a uh, podcast about the Cedar Rapids Colonels, the Twins minor league affiliate, about some of the standout prospects down there. And one that I'm super looking forward to Roy Smalley, a man who needs no introduction around these parts, but I'm looking forward to talking with Roy a little bit later on in the show. We start the program with Five Thoughts. Uh, If you're new here, Five Thoughts is the sort of the excerpt of the week that was. If you watched or heard every single game, these will be familiar to you, but I build off of what has happened on the field and look to what it maybe means going forward uh, for the Twins. And, hey, if you checked out all week, if you were enjoying some of the beautiful weather, uh, some of the great uh, gardening and outdoor weather this week in Minnesota – A, who could blame you? B, don't worry. I got you. I'm going to get you caught up right here with five thoughts. And we're going to start with this one from the uh, the president of baseball operations. I knew his title has changed. Sorry to Derek Fulvey. But here's an interesting thought on kind of how the Twins are playing and how he makes it. 
Number one. Your record's your record. You, you, you are where you are at that moment in time. Like whatever has happened up to that point is what it is. So you have to reflect that. You can't just shirk that and pretend, you know, pretend it doesn't matter. You, know, you think your team's better. The record is what it is. I, I would say that we do still feel the talent, as you're alluding to here, Aaron, is like when we are healthy and playing the way we should, we'll see, we should see more baseball like we've seen of late. Um, but I, I think that we just need to take this really, I know it's a day to day, it's cliche, but it's, it's actually true in our case where each day or each few days, you know, each series, um, does, does bring new information for us. That's the voice of Derek Falvey, the president of baseball operations for the twins. And he must listen to the show one series at a time, Derek. That's exactly right. That's how the twins should be treating it. Uh, I don't care if it is a cliche. It's absolutely what they need to be doing. You know, you figure out your bullpen matchups, your pitching matchups, your uh, which hitters do you want to give the day. That's been a big thing for the Twins recently, given all the dings that they have on their active roster. Win a series. If you do that once, turn the page, then do it again. And if you just keep doing that, you're going to like where you are, um, even though this big hole that you've dug for yourself now as we uh, turn towards just about time in the baseball season to start looking at the standings uh it's it's one series at a time and i thought that was really interesting the way he's putting it we are a good team but the record is what the record is so that's kind of one of the topics i'd like to get into with mlb insider mark feinsand who's set to join the show at about 10 30 here so stay tuned for that let's move on to number two number two robles needs one more strike to end this game, Twins 6, Angels 3, bottom 7. As he pauses with the leg, gives it a kick, and the 0-2, strike 3 looking, and the ball game is over. Well, that worked nicely there at the end. Robles strikes out Goslin, and the Twins win the game 6-3. And so Robles with the final out there, and we didn't know it at the time, but it's possible we're going to look back at that moment as a turning point in the twin season still too early to say that but i'm going to rewind the memory back to 10 days ago doubleheader in anaheim remember they had to fly across the country to uh, make up some games that they had lost while they were sort of on a brief pause when there were uh, active covid infections um that sort of threw a wrench into an already weird season for the Twins, but as they're making those games up, they go out, they split a doubleheader. You don't think too much of that. That's just a 500 record in two ball games. But since that time, 7-2 and two are the Minnesota Twins. And I think it's important to note that they had struggled mightily leading into that in what's being affectionately dubbed Manfred Ball. Uh, that is games contested in either extra innings with a sort of uh, – forced runner added to second base uh, invented out of whole cloth or double headers that last seven innings and I understand why they're doing both of those rules but the twins can't be very big fans of those kinds of contests this season uh, big win for the twins and like I said including that one seven and two since in Manfred Ball Number three. So he's going to go and actually work on a few things in the bullpen, getting to his glove side better and more consistently. That slider of his, it's a real weapon. It's been an inconsistent weapon this year, more so than it has been in the past. So both the physical aspect of syncing up his delivery, but also the mental aspect of really focusing each pitch out there, getting him to the point where he returns, not just as the old Cody Stashak, but as a better version of Cody Stashak. That's what we're looking for. 
That's Twins manager Rocco Baldelli explaining the move to send out Cody Stashak as sort of a reset, as he called it. Big weapon for the Twins for a couple of years, kind of quietly a big weapon for them in their bullpen, unsung, unheralded kind of guy, but because uh, he doesn't have huge, huge velocity, but the fastball plays, the slider definitely plays. You just heard Baldelli talking about that. Um, it's a loss for the Twins. Obviously, he hadn't been pitching well, so I'm curious to see what takes place in this reset how long it takes for the Twins, and I have no information on this, but if the Twins would need to supplement that group out in the bullpen. They did add Juan Manaya to the active roster uh, this week, so they, they have another arm out there. But Cody Stashak was an arm they were probably counting on to get some big outs for them this year. Uh, be very curious to see how that one plays out. Speaking of which, bad month for uh, Twins slugger Josh Donaldson, but kind of got two sides to this coin for thought number four number four no balls and two strikes eighth inning and the pitch a swing and a pop-up infield right near second base Mondesi Alberto there it's Mondesi calling and catching and the twins add one we're looking for more and leave three Josh Donaldson popping out there with the bases loaded and uh, this sort of is capping off a a down month for the former AL MVP. Um, his batting stats coming into Sunday's contest here, he's hitting 198 this month with a 303 on base, slugging 363 because he's got three homers in 109 plate appearances. That's obviously not a good month for a guy that you're counting on big things out of the bat, big things out of the glove, constantly hitting in the second spot in the Twins lineup. So I think given A, his name, recognition and be his prominent place in a twins lineup on a team that had been previously struggling yeah you're gonna notice a slump like that so that is what uh, detractors might might point to defenders might say something like this interesting stat that i found on savant baseball savant the other day and if you're into the stats that's a must-have website josh donaldson this year has hit 38 pitches more than 100 miles an hour that sounds pretty good on the surface, right? I mean, he missed some time with the hamstring injury. That sounds pretty good. Of those 38, 24 of them have been in the month of May. So somehow he's smoking the ball all over the field, and obviously his stats are what his stats are. Uh, in any case, I'm uh, expecting that the Twins are hoping for better things out of Josh Donaldson as the calendar turns to June. Let's wrap up quickly here with thought number five on rookie Trevor Larnick. Number five. As Larnick swings and launches high and deep to center field. Back it goes, deep it goes, and way out of here. Landing inside the Delta Sky 360 sweep and straightaway center field. A long home run from Larnick, and this game is even one-to-one. -one. Tape measure shot from the rookie. I'm having an issue with something that I've never even had a problem with. I've always been a, a person to use the center of the field to the left side of the field. And like I said, I got up here and I started hooking everything, missing pitches and, and pulling balls that are outside. It's something that I've never, ever done before. And um, I've been trying my hardest to try and get back to, to using the whole field because, you know, teams are going to adjust. Obviously, you're not going to keep throwing you inside when, you, when you're pulling everything. So uh, I'm trying to just make that adjustment so I can, uh, you know, help produce for the team and feel good at the plate because when I'm hooking and breaking my bats and doing stuff I don't normally do, it's pretty frustrating. That the voice of Twins rookie Trevor Larnick obviously been impressed with his bat. He had two monster home runs this week. One of them Monday out into the Delta Sky 360 suite, the uh, restaurant out there in straightaway center field above the batter's eye. I'm sitting pretty much behind home plate here at Target Field looking out the uh, radio booth out to that club. 
it's a long way. <laughs> I can't can't remember the final distance on that one. It was over 450 feet for Trevor Larnick. Hit another monster shot later in the week, and you got to love the bat. I personally really like the attitude, and that's going to be a very crucial factor for the Twins, both Trevor Larnick and Alex Kirilov, with so many important bats for the twin, Twins, uh, either on the injured list right now or not playing 100%. Um, so I'm just... I've been really, really impressed with the young man's mindset and, say this, he's second on the Twins in barrels per batted ball event right now, almost 19%, just behind Byron Buxton. That'll wrap up five thoughts here. We've got plenty more to come on Twins Today from 10 to noon here with you on WCCO Radio leading up to Inside Twins and the Adina Realty pregame lineup card all leading up to first pitch. When we come back, we are going to hear from uh, radio revisit Taylor Rogers and Chris Atterbury just kind of fun update from the Twins closers one of the most interesting guys in that clubhouse don't go anywhere this is Twins today on News Talk 830 WCCO good morning Twins fans good to be with you this is Twins today I'm your host Derek Wetmore Twins today is driven by the Mauer Auto Group more than cars um, super fun show I said it last segment as we were going through five thoughts uh, just a lot of good guests that I'm very genuinely excited to be talking to uh, about Twins baseball. Ah, not the least of which the Twins are 7-2 in their last nine. So that uh, that helps a little bit when you're talking about a ball club that's playing really well and taking care of business. Uh, we have a radio revisit segment here coming up in just a second, but I want to let you know that if you'd like to chime in Get your thoughts on the Twins or get your questions answered later in the show during Twins Today. You can do that by calling 651-989-9226. If you don't already have that number bookmarked, scribble it down. 651-989-9226. Get your thoughts into us on the Minnesota Twins. But we visit now with uh, Chris Atterbury and Taylor Rogers. Just a fun conversation about how things are going right now on a 7-2 ball club. It's time for our weekly mound visit with, well, with the guy who authored this quote. Before there's two outs, I try to walk around, keep these big tree trunks loosened up. Big tree <laughs> trunks, Taylor Rogers. You got to keep the sap <laughs> running. Is that uh, is that the case? That's the case. I'm sure the offensive linemen for the Vikings have the same issue. They know what I'm talking about. <laughs> tree <laughs> trunks. Uh, I want to talk to you about where this team is right now. A couple years ago, when you guys would walk into a ballpark, and it didn't matter if you lost a couple in a row, which didn't happen often, or if you'd won eight in a row. There was just a confidence, a swagger. You didn't have to say it. Uh, you just, who's, who's Taylor we kicking today? And then last year, you guys kind of had that old man against his teenage kid in the driveway basketball approach where like, okay, we'll take all your punches and then we'll pull it out in the end. We know we're going to win. There was still that confidence, but it wasn't as, as you know, pronounced. I feel like some of that's back in the last week. Is that a fair assessment? I'd say so. Yeah, would agree with that. You know, um, each year present, presents different challenges. And, and that swagger, that camaraderie is um, something that you can't force. Uh, it just has to come naturally. And then that's the best part about the last couple of years is that was natural. Um, and I think that uh, we're starting to get that natural um, feeling back. It's not a forced thing. It's just happening naturally. It's beautiful. Um, I think uh, that that flight, we, we went out, played the doubleheader uh, in, in Los Angeles, the red eye over to Cleveland. Um, I, I really seen a turn in the squad there. I think it was one of those, uh, I think everybody's probably had one of these experiences where um, 
you're with a group of people and you kind of are, are not really grinded through something, but it's something, you know, that's not very fun. You don't want to do it, but everybody's doing it together and you become closer. Um, I, I think that's what's, what you're kind of seeing. And uh, maybe that thing, you know, that COVID game makeup and the late flight will be turn out to be a good thing. And, and there's always the chicken and the egg conversation, right? Does the swagger and the, the chemistry, if you want to call it that, come because you're winning or do you win because of the chemistry? The answer is probably somewhere in the middle. Maybe they meet and meet halfway. I would say they meet halfway. I, I think the main thing is you can't force it. You let it happen on its own. Yeah, and it will it will take care of itself. And right now, this is a team that certainly looks from the outside to be in a pretty good place. Does it look that way internally as well in terms of the confidence and not worrying about big picture overall record, but understanding that every day with the guys you have in that room, you got a chance to win? Mm-hmm. I think we just have an understanding that this is 162 games. And, you know, we're only two months in at this point. Um, if, if you're long-term in the stock market and it takes a hit, you're not pulling all your money. You just say we're in this long-term, it's a marathon and then everything will even out. So yeah, just positivity, bring your good effort each day, make each day its own separate entity, take care of that one. And, and we'll see where we end up. Uh, there's some, some goofy stuff going on in baseball the last couple of days. One was the hat that was uh, taken by Joe West from the young Cardinal rookie and all the talk that comes out of that about substances. And then Mike Schilt saying that everybody's cheating and it's, it's a dirty little secret. Look, people put sticky stuff on their hand to keep from throwing the ball in the stands. And everyone's done that a long time. Is there a line between that and getting an advantage on the mound? How do you define the line? And how do you go about enforcing that line? Because this seems to me like a bit of a Pandora's box has opened up. Certainly Pandora's box. I think that's what everybody's trying to figure out. What's the line? What can be good? What can be bad? Um, you know, who agrees with what? This is, uh, this is one of those things, Chris. It's not going to get taken care of tomorrow. Certainly not next week. I think it's uh, something kind of sit back, gather all the information you can about it, and, and just see what happens. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where this conversation goes. If you have a company car and you stop through the drive through at McDonald's, that's technically a personal errand. You know, it's kind of it's kind of one of those deals. It's kind of, all right, we're, you know, I'm kind of doing this. It's wrong, but it's not. not it's right, too. So we don't know. Uh, are we going to see a whole bunch of new hats? Like, are people who just have a sweaty hat now going to be like, oh, give me a new lid. going to be a big week for equipment guys. <laughs> Man, you guys know how much hats cost these days. They're <laughs> almost 50 bucks. It's uh, it's going to get expensive. All right. So it's something that's certainly going to keep being talked about. And your teammate, Josh Donaldson, certainly had some comments about it. Uh, is that something that you guys would discuss internally in a clubhouse where the pitchers would be like, Josh, what are you talking about? Or is it just, hey, that's him being him? It's one of those that's him being him, you know. Uh, Chris, he's got a, he's got a catalog of, of literally anything. Uh, he's that type of guy. Um, so the, to hear that he he has one of those in his possession, not shocking to me. Uh, but I've also never seen any of his catalogs that he says that he has. So I guess we'll find out. You know, Josh is his own man. We'll see what he's going to do. Baseball's a, a funny game. And speaking of funny, Williams Osadio, and he he kind of with the way the roster is constructed right now has taken a bite out of our This Week in williams Ostadio segment because when you're the backup catcher, you don't have as much time to be doing crazy stuff on the field, but probably have more time to do crazy stuff in the dugout in the clubhouse. 
yeah, we got to get this guy back on the field somehow, <laughs> some way. Uh, he's, he's getting too annoying in there. Um, you know, he's going around messing with everybody. Yeah, he takes his pre-workout, even though he's not playing. So he's running on all fumes, the, you know, making fun of everybody, messing with the cooks, the clubhouse staff. We got to get him on the field. Uh, well, well, we'll see if we can work him back into that utility rotation. You had an off day yesterday, and unfortunately, it was cold and rainy all day, which kind of puts a crimp in what's usually a pretty big day. But do you have a power rankings for your top three spots when you have an evening off to go out and maybe grab a bite to eat? Yeah, easy. Uh, uh, I really like going to the Mall of America and hitting up that. I mean, you can find anything there. Um, that's easy when you don't really know. Uh, where you want to go, you just go to the mall and you'll find a place. Number two is uh, Red Cow. Really like Red Cow downtown here, uh, and Red Rabbit. I believe they're they're yep, linked they're together, related. Both uh, both solid places. Number one, though, uh, far and away is uh, Manny Steakhouse. That's my number one. I uh, went there Wednesday after the game and and had a nice steak. Uh, great people there, and uh, that's number one, no question. They have an off day. Dinner power rankings from tree trunk legged Taylor Rogers joining us for another mound visit. The tree trunk legged closer. That's a uh, great pick out there from Chris Atterbury and uh, our thanks to the twins closer for, for that segment a little earlier in the week, a couple interesting things to pick out. And I want to pass along some weather related news to you twins fans who are listening. Uh, it started to sprinkle a little bit here at target field. That's the bad news. The good news is they, removed the tarp from the field nobody appears anxious to get it back on there and they are currently uh, raking and dragging the infield dirt with uh, apparently not a care in the world so good news bad news there on the weather uh, one thing i want to touch on quickly before we get to a break here is the uh, josh donaldson comment that uh, rogers and uh, chris Atterbury were talking about there in that segment of radio revisit and that is that uh uh, well, I'll skip the whole buildup of Major League Baseball, but that a pitcher was asked to take a take his hat off so that the umpires wouldn't have to kick him out of the game. That was Joe West involved in that, of course. And uh, then the Cardinals manager came out and had a pretty long and thoughtful discussion about, hey, you know, we're really kind of getting your your you're uncovering something that you might not want to uncover here in Major League Baseball, to which Josh Donaldson tweeted something to the effect of he has a whole catalog of pitchers who are cheating using uh, substances. So we don't know where that story is going. We only know where it's at right now. Um, yeah, Schilt called it, the, the Cardinals manager called it a dirty little secret in Major League Baseball. So that is, that is something certainly that's been uh, talked about throughout the game, and I'm fascinated to see where it goes from here. We've got to get to a break now because on the other side of this, we're going to be talking with MLB insider Mark Feinsand. He wrote a piece recently about the Minnesota Twins in which he talked to Twins GM Thad Levine about where the Twins stand as it relates to the MLB trade deadline. That and more Twins talk coming up on Twins Today. I'm your host, Derek Wetmore. You're listening to News Talk 830 WCCO. Welcome back to Twins Today, driven by the Maurer Auto Group, More Than Cars. I'm your host, Derek Wetmore, and we're thrilled to be joined now by a special guest. He's the executive reporter for MLB.com, MLB Network Insider, and co-author of the book, Mission 27, an inside look at the 2009 World Series champion Yankees. He is none other than Mark Feinstein. Mark, thanks for making some time for us today. 
you know, introducing me as somebody who wrote a book about the team that knocked the twins out in 09 is probably not going to make me all that popular with your listening audience. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> no kidding. Um, why I wanted to talk to you today, Mark, was you recently wrote a piece on the Minnesota Twins and their sort of slow start to the season here in 2021 about the trade deadline. And some people might think eh, a little early to be talking about that, but you talked with GM Thad Levine about that very perspective. Can you share with our listeners and Twins fans sort of where the Twins are at and how they're thinking about it right now? Yeah, you know, one thing Thad said to me was early in his career, he learned a lesson from Billy Bean that he's always kept with him, uh, which is you use the first two months of the season to assess your team. You use the second two months of the season to make necessary changes. And then you spend the last two months of the season sort of sitting back and watching it all play out. And by that motto, uh, the first two months of the season have not gone well for the Minnesota Twins. And so uh, Thad and Derek Falvey are in a spot now where they need to decide uh, sort of what their best path forward is. Um, you know, they know obviously they need to win a bunch of games to get back in this race. And I think there is some feeling that they believe in the team they have as being good enough to do so. That said, they don't want to get stuck in that middle ground where you're sort of chasing after a playoff spot missing the opportunities to improve your team by making some trades um, and, and not sort of really looking ahead to next year or doing what you need to do for this year. So, uh, you know, I don't think it's going to happen anytime in the immediate future. Like, I don't think we're going to see a fire sale in the next week or two, but I do think that if things don't turn around for the twins by mid to late June, uh, you know, there's a good chance that, that the twins are going to make some moves. The sense I got from reading your piece, Mark, was that uh, similar to what Derek Falvey has said in public comments and Thad Levine, basically, I mean, these two guys are in such lockstep, was that, hey, we think this is a good team, but also the clock is ticking. Thad sort of acknowledged that. Uh, what do teams around the league think about the Minnesota Twins, uh, what I perceive to be a talented roster, but it's gotten off to a rotten start? Yeah, you know, I think they believe the Twins are better than their record indicates. You look at a team that's won the division in the AL Central the last couple of years, had real high expectations. If you look at the teams that are off to bad starts, and you're talking about teams like Baltimore, Detroit, uh, Texas, um, you know, Pittsburgh, Arizona, Colorado, none of those teams came into this year really with big expectations, right? Those are teams that were probably picked towards the bottom of their respective divisions coming into the year. The Twins were a team that everybody expected would compete with the White Sox uh, and possibly the Indians for that AL Central title. So I think their season is probably more disappointing than any of these other teams because of where they expected to be. Um, that said, they do still have a good roster. Teams, I, like I said, believe that the Twins are better than their record indicates. Nobody goes into a series of the Twins and says, oh, well, this is going to be three easy games. Um, they've had some bad luck at times and I know teams don't like to point to luck as being that big of a factor but you look at some injuries you look at some COVID situation they had you look at the general uh sort of atmosphere in Minneapolis for a few weeks earlier this season um you know around the Chauvin trial and sort of everything that people were dealing with as you know living in that city uh it has not been a normal year for the twins and uh unfortunately for them the record reflects that um you know it's not too long ago. We remember the Washington Nationals started 19 and 31 uh, and won the World Series. Now, you know, Thad said to me that our team is well aware of that fact, but we're also well aware that they're an exception, not the rule. So, uh, you know, I think the, the, the Twins front office believes this team is talented enough to climb out of that hole, but they're also realistic to, enough to know it better start happening soon. 
Mark Feinstein is our guest right now on Twins Today. He's an MLB Network insider and executive reporter at MLB.com. Uh, wrote a fascinating piece recently on the Minnesota Twins and at the trade deadline. And Mark, in that piece you mentioned, you just rattled off some of the sort of slow starters this year. Some of those are just, you know, not great rosters that might be a few years away. But another interesting thing that I hadn't really thought about it like this till I read your piece, and that is that about two thirds of the league is still within shouting distance of a postseason spot, even with the reduced postseason field. Um, given that, do you expect to see it be a really active trade deadline or how do you think that'll play out this summer? Yeah, I think right now there's more than 20 teams are within about six spots, six games of a playoff spot. So, uh, you know, that leaves the number of sellers potentially to be kind of low. And I think one thing the twins will likely look at and some of these other teams that are in the same position, uh, if they think they're going to be sellers, there might be some benefit to doing it sooner rather than later, because if you can jump the market before maybe five or seven other teams decide in mid or late July to be sellers, you know, supply and demand is a very simple thing. Uh, and some of these other rosters that you mentioned, the teams like, a, you know, Pittsburgh, for instance, they don't have that much to sell. So, uh, you know, the twins do have some pieces that I think would be attractive around the league. Obviously Nelson Cruz would help anybody's lineup. Obviously, he would also be limited to American League-only teams. But, you know, Simmons not having a great offensive year, but certainly a very good shortstop. Uh, you've got a few pitchers in there with Jay Happ and Michael Pineda, um, Shoemaker, who are heading into their contract or into their contract years as well. The guys I'm most interested in seeing how the Twins approach it are the guys who are one year away from free agency. And you're talking about Jose Barrios, uh, Taylor Rogers, and Byron Buxton. These are guys who you wouldn't think the Twins would want to trade or be interested in trading, but there's a new CBA coming, we hope, uh, and we don't know what that's going to look like in terms of the qualifying offer or compensation for free agents who leave. So the Twins now have to operate under, uh, well, everybody has to operate under this sort of uncertainty about what the system is going to look like a year from now. And a team like the Twins, if they don't think that they're going to be able to re-sign Berrios to a contract when he's a free agent, He's got a lot more value with a year and a half left than he would with a year left or a half a year left if they were to trade him in the offseason or next summer. So, uh, you know, to me, players who have an additional year of control can factor into two pennant races for a team that acquires them. So I think, you, you know, I'm not saying they're going to trade any of these three guys, but I don't think it's out of the question that they trade any of these three guys either. It's a fascinating pivot point, fascinating summer. Rogers, Barrios, Buxton, those are guys who would really help, as you mentioned, in those two pennant races. I want to ask you just to flip this final question for you before we let you go, Mark. Could you see the Twins going on that run with some of the talent they have on their roster? Like I said, if they get Buxton back, they got Josh Donaldson, Nelson Cruz in the middle there. Uh, could you see a sort of Washington Nationals-esque run to the postseason for this Twins group? know why not i mean the central is a good division but there's no you know monster team there the white Sox are off to a very good start they've had a couple of major injuries though right luis robert Eloy jimenez both gone for the year um and you just don't know things happen if the twins can uh let's say over the next two weeks put together a nice run where they can uh you know climb back towards 500 i think anything's possible and i think you're going to see the front office sort of watching very closely over the next two to four weeks, maybe reassess things come, you know, June 20th to June 30th, where you've got a month till the trade deadline uh, and then sort of decide 
where they stand and how they want to proceed. But uh, look, this team had a lot of expectations coming in the season. There's a reason for that. They have a lot of good players. Uh, they've won the division two years in a row. They've got that experience to, to fall back on. So I don't put it out of the realm of possibility that they could climb back into this thing and contend. Um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a long road. Uh, but I think anything's still possible. They've got their work cut out for them. That's for sure. Uh, that's the voice of Mark Feinstein, MLB insider and author of the book, Mission 27, about the last Yankees World Series team. You can find out more about that online or follow him on Twitter at Feinsand, F-E-I-N-S-A-N-D. Mark, I cannot thank you enough for making the time for Twins Today. I appreciate you coming on. My pleasure, anytime. You're listening to Twins Today, driven by the Mauer Auto Group. More than cars, more talk about the Minnesota Twins. When we come back, you're listening to News Talk 830-WCCO. Two balls, two strikes, two out. The pitch. Swing and a miss, and Luano strikes out. Five Ks in a row for Canarino, who strikes out the side in the second. Pitch on the way. Got him looking. Strike three called. And Matt Canarino has struck out seven consecutive batters. Welcome back, Twins Today, driven by the Mauer Auto Group, More Than Cars. I'm your host, Derek Wetmore, out here at uh, now still overcast but no longer raining Target Field. We've got a busy Sunday of baseball for you. Twins Today takes you up till noon. Then we've got Inside Twins in the Adina Realty pregame lineup card, all leading up to first pitch at about 110. We're joined now by the voice you just heard. He is a broadcaster of the Cedar Rapids Colonels and host of the All Ears podcast. He is Chris Kleinhans-Schultz. Chris, thank you so much for coming on Twins Today. Thanks for the invitation. Great to be on. No, we're, the pleasure is all ours, and I want to start with the guy who was uh, being remarked about in that clip because he is a remarkable young Twins broadcast, uh, prospect. Matt Canarino, what have you seen from him so far in this young season? You know, I love what Matt Canarino has out there, and it's not just the stuff. He's got that low to mid-90s fastballs, really good breaking balls, including that slider. But beyond that, it's also just what you see him do between pitches. You've talked about Matt Canarino as having some of the best control among pitchers in the organization, but you watch him physically, it seems like it's a struggle just to contain all the energy that he works with because of the struts we see after the strikeouts. And he's also in the habit of sprinting on and off the field. He can even leap over not just the foul line, but the entire dirt pace line between the mound and the home dugout. So he's just so fun to watch in so many different ways. And it's been a pleasure to have him back in Cedar Rapids after getting a taste of him in 2019. Well, he's channeling some of that energy into uh, his performances on the mound because it's been an impressive debut, uh, or at least a start to the season here in the minor leagues. Um, Do they have any kind of special plans for him? Anything that you're aware of, Chris, that uh, I don't I don't want to forecast anything here necessarily, but he seems like a guy who could potentially climb the minor league ladder when he's ready. Oh, absolutely. Certainly his individual performance, especially coming off back to back 10 strikeout performances. I would tell you that he seems like if he's not ready for double A yet, that he probably would be soon. And then it, of course, just depends on whether or not there's an opportunity for him to jump into the wind surge rotation. So without knowing for sure how things are going, 
we know the tools are there for him to possibly move up quickly, but we'll certainly enjoy him for as long as he's still here. Love it. That's some great insight on Twins prospect Matt Canarino. The voice you're hearing is Chris Kleinhans Schultz, who's kind enough to join us. He is the play-by-play broadcaster for the Cedar Rapids Colonels and host of the All Ears podcast. Chris, I want to take a left turn here for a second. You and I have not met except for online, and I would love to introduce you to this audience of Twins fans. Tell us about yourself, how you got into the chair that you're sitting in right now. Well, I've been the voice of the Cedar Rapids Colonels, or at least a primary voice of the Colonels since 2016. We also had people like Morgan Hawk who were here for several years and did an absolutely phenomenal job. I've been in minor league baseball since 2013 overall with previous stops in Bowling Green, Charleston, and Jackson, Tennessee. And since I've been here with the Colonels, it's been lead voice as a broadcaster, stat packs, game notes, game recaps, and all the other fun stuff that will come up. And plus, in a year like this, the Zoom post-game press conferences and oh, yeah. like any minor league season, tarp duty when necessary. And I'm probably forgetting a whole lot of things. Like <laughs> This is an all-hands-on-deck operation here. And, you know, Certainly after a year like 2020, it's good to at least have the opportunity to be busy for a change. Yeah, no doubt. Tell me about this All Ears podcast because I heard uh, – I haven't had a chance to catch it yet. I'm raising my hand guilty. I'm going to check it out after this show. But I heard you've had some guests ranging from Randy Dobnak – to Royce Lewis and Trevor Hoffman. Uh, Tell me about this podcast. So we released our first episode of the podcast in April, and it was with Trevor Hoffman. Primarily, we've been focusing a lot on twin stuff because in following episodes, we've had Alex Hassan and Royce Lewis and Randy Dobnak. Great. Trevor has a special connection to us because he was a pitcher for the Cedar Rapids Reds in 1991. He had actually been a position player in the organization, and his time with us all the way back then was actually the start of his eventual Hall of Fame pitching career. And he stayed connected with Cedar Rapids through his associations with Perfect Game and the Perfect Game Cares Foundation, which are based out of the Cedar Rapids area. So that was an absolutely fun chat we've had, not only with him, but also everybody else who's joined us so far. The general plan is a couple of podcasts out a month. Our next one should be coming out this coming Thursday. And we're looking to have current Colonels manager and Minnesota Twins legend Brian Dinkelman as the guest for that. So. That's something else for people to be looking forward to with all ears with the Cedar Rapids Colonels, which you can get on Apple, Google, Spotify, just about anywhere else you can get your podcasts. Love it. That is awesome. And so for Twins fans who are tracking prospects closely, obviously they'll be familiar with the Cedar Rapids and, uh, as you put it, Twins legend Brian Dinkelman. Um, I'm curious, they might not be as familiar, Chris, given the year we're coming off of, of what it's like to take in a game in Cedar Rapids. Um, Just as, as generally as you want, for Twins fans who might be interested in that road trip, maybe they live in the metro area or just you know just want to get out this summer, what do they need to know about going in and taking in a, a Colonels baseball game? Well, first and foremost, I always want to send people to the website, colonels.com, because it has our schedule, also has links to all promotions and tickets. So that's the easiest place to go to. Today's actually the finale of a 12-game homestand. We'll be on the road the next couple of weeks. The E3 World Series will be here during that time, though, and then the Colonels will be back, I believe, Tuesday, June 15th to begin another 12-gamer. For now, the current policy is that non-vaccinated fans are encouraged to continue wearing masks when they're at the ballpark. Vaccinated fans don't have that requirement moving forward, but, of course, you still can if you want to. And currently, we're set at about roughly 35% capacity, so around 2,000, 2,100 for our ballpark, which seats about 5,300 or so. 
if we do announce any changes to that, kernels.com and certainly our social media pages like Cedar Rapids Kernels on Facebook, at CR Kernels on Twitter would be the place to go to follow for any kind of updates we would have on those policies moving forward. And of course, with all the home games we have left, we have June all the way until September. So plenty of opportunities to come out to our ballpark and enjoy some baseball and enjoy some of these Twins prospects and even some of the other prospects who are here as well. It's obviously a two-team game, so we got some good names on the other side as well. Any that you're particularly excited about that you've seen or will see soon from the other side? I, I will ask you, Chris, about the Twins prospects, but when you said that, it just tripped a thought in my head. Some, some big names that you've seen, maybe future big leaguers? Well, there's a hope that here in the finale of this series, we finally get to see Garrett Mitchell, who was the top draft pick for the Milwaukee Brewers this past year. He played in the first couple of games this season, but has been dealing with a lingering lower body issue. He has been getting some work on the field. One of the benefits of being a broadcaster is occasionally peeking my head up from work just to look down at the field and see what's going on. Sure so enough. Maybe he's got a chance to be in the lineup, but if not, maybe he'll be back soon. And it's tough to say just I haven't looked too far against the South Bend Cubs and Lansing Lugnuts because there's still so much time before that next homestand. But I'm yeah. sure there's going to be plenty of other good people that at least will – hopefully be on a roster and maybe at least have the opportunity, if not the actual participation in some games. It's fantastic. That's the voice of Chris Klein, Hans Schultz, who is the play-by-play broadcaster for the Cedar Rapids Colonels. And I, I want to get some twins prospects in Chris, if you got a second before I let you go, uh, we're very thankful for your time here and grateful for your coming on twins today. Uh, we talked about minor league pitcher of the week, uh, Matt Cantorino earlier, but the Colonels also boast the minor league player of the week down there too, Matt Walner, who I was looking at the stats page earlier, a thousand OPS uh, in this young season. What do Twins fans need to know about this prospect? Well, Walner's done a fantastic job as a hitter, and he's another guy like Cantorino that we got a little bit of in 2019, and we've seen more in 2021. Solid hitter, solid defensive player with a great arm, primarily plays in right field. Unfortunately, he did recently land on the injured list with a right wrist issue. So hopefully he'll be back soon. I'm not a doctor, so I wouldn't know exactly what his timetable is, but hopefully it's sooner rather than later because he's a guy that we could use back in right field and back in the lineup again. What is his uh, sort of profile when he is on the field? Uh, Twins have a number of guys who would sort of hit tool first, uh, power second, or flip that around. Some guys can really get to their power, but not necessarily going to spray it all over the field. How would you describe Matt Walner to somebody like me who has not seen him play in person? At this point, I'd probably say hit and power are relatively equal, but maybe hit and just kind of hitting as a whole not just the actual bat on ball, but just kind of the mindset of being in there. Like you're talking about with his OPS. I mean, he's just a solid all-around batter. And, of course, he could put a charge into one when given the opportunity, too. So I'd say all around when it comes to the plate, he's pretty solid. Love it. I want to ask you about one final guy, one final Twins prospect here for, for Twins fans who are curious about these, and it's on the pitching side. Uh, go figure. That's where a lot of the questions that I get from Twins fans on Twitter or on Facebook or uh, what what – pitching prospects are on the way. So I don't want to say that this guy's coming up tomorrow or anything like that to pitch at Target Field, but I distinctly remember the draft where Blaine Enlow was selected by the Twins, and uh, he went quite a bit later than what uh, talent evaluators were saying uh, he was bound to be selected. And part of that's assignability and all of that stuff. But the Twins took a creative path to get him into the organization. If memory serves me correctly, Chris, they just loved the breaking ball at the time. Um, have you had a chance to see a lot of Blaine Enlow this year and maybe what you can relay of that to Twins fans listening to the show now? 
Yeah, Enlo, the Santa Ma, Louisiana native, which I always love saying because that's a tricky one to trip people up every now and again. I mean, he's had a few really good starts, had a 10-strikeout outing of his own recently. Feels like coming off the 2020 year, he did a lot in terms of getting a better feel of that curveball, which is always projected as a plus or plus-plus pitch. Ramped up the fastball a little bit. Also really got better in terms of his mentality. Unfortunately, like Walner, he's another guy who's also recently landed on the injured list, so hopefully he's back sooner rather than later but the times that he's been out there so far this year i mean it's the best that we've seen out of him and he's actually spent parts of three different seasons with us so he was looking really good before landing on the il awesome chris that website one more time kernels.com and that's kernels each vowel is an e no a's we get that every now and again but it's <laughs> k-e-r-n-e-l-s.com kernels.com important clarification chris thank you so much for your time all right. Thanks for having me on. Take care. That's the voice of Chris Kleinhans Schultz. He's the play-by-play voice for the Cedar Rapids Colonels and host of the All Ears podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at the Kleinhans. Uh, I'll uh, retweet one of his so you can find it there on your social media platform of choice. So we thank Chris for his time. Uh, what a fun show that we have here, and we've got a whole nother hour coming up. Uh, news that I'm not pleased to be the one to bring you but I'm going to bring you as I'm watching it unfold in front of my face the tarp is being unfurled on the field as some rain starts to come down here on target field but the show will go on here no doubt about that Uh, hour one featured MLB insider Mark Feinsand featured play-by-play broadcaster of the Cedar Rapids Colonels Chris Kleinhans Schultz um We are just loaded in the second hour, too. It's going to be my distinct pleasure to talk with Twins All-Star, national champion, current Bally Sports North broadcaster, Roy Smalley, coming up on the other side here at 11 o'clock. And this show is going to lead you right into Inside Twins and then the Adina Realty pregame lineup card. And then, weather permitting, I'll update you if I learn anything new, but first pitch at 1.10 full morning of baseball programming for you and uh, if you miss anything on twins today here driven by the mauer auto group more than cars you can always check the podcast Uh, go just search wherever you search for podcasts and look for twins you can even search i've done inside twins before and it pulls it up it's on the same feed as that podcast there you can catch anything that you may have missed today or in past weeks Um, On the other side of this, as I mentioned, we got Roy Smalley coming up. We're going to talk a little bit of Twins baseball. Uh, Probably some storytelling involved there, too. And, gosh, just what a difference it is coming to the ballpark each day when the Twins are 7-2 and in their last nine games. That's all coming up on Twins Today, driven by the Maurer Auto Group. I'm your host, Derek Wetmore. You're listening to News Talk 830-WCCO. Welcome back to Twins Today, driven by the Maurer Auto Group more than cars. Once again, live from Target Field, here is Derek Wetmore. Here's the set, the two-strike pitch, swing and a little pop-up back into shallow left field. Washington, the shortstop under it, and the game is over. Roy Smalley has made the final out here at Metropolitan Stadium with a pop-up to the shortstop UL Washington back in shallow left field. Oh, this is Twin <laughs> He's getting up to walk out of the room. This is Twins Today, driven by the Maurer Auto Group more than cars. I'm your host, Derek Wetmore, and I have the distinct pleasure to be joined now by Twins All-Star, former national champion, 
shortstop and switch hitter, now Bally Sports North broadcaster Roy Smalley. Roy, thanks for joining Twins today. Well, I was going to say it was a pleasure, but uh, I don't know. We're not getting off on the, be on the, on the best foot here. You're not so sure anymore. <laughs> See, that's what I thought when I heard, Roy, that we were going to be playing that clip. By the way, not my choice. I'm, I'll throw the producers <laughs> under the bus for this one, absolutely. There's got to be a story behind that, right? The final out at Met Stadium? Uh, that's all the story I need. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, the whole story I need to forget. Uh, that's, yeah. just, that's just fine. No, that's, you know, I, I knew that there was a chance. I was up there with, you know, the bottom of the ninth with two out, okay. and I'm either going to make the last out or I'm going to get a hit. So I thought, well, you know, I mean, it's the last game of the season. What do I care if I, if I get a single? You know, I mean, I, I'm either going to make the last out or I'm going to hit the ball out of the ballpark. I was just going for it, right? And <laughs> And I got a pretty good pitch and, and just missed it, got under it, oh. and popped it up. So it was the former, not the latter. I appreciate the approach, though. Like, I love <laughs> the mindset that went into, hey, my numbers aren't going to change that much unless I put another homer on the well, ball. Well, I mean, we'd be talking about, you know, last game of the year, you know, you you hit a home run, in, you know, in the second to the last at bat or whatever. <laughs> it was, you know, it would be totally different. So I'm fine making the last out trying to hit a home run. I'm fine with that. That's exactly right. Uh, that's the voice of Roy Smalley, of course. You can catch him on the TV broadcast. Bally Sports North. He's doing uh, color analysis with Dick Bramer, of course. And uh, rough start to the twin season, Roy. I want to talk to you about some of this because they're playing, to my eye, I know they're last place team Baltimore Orioles, and, you know, the Kansas City Royals have some, some talent. But this, to me, looks like a twins team that is playing a little bit better over the last week, 10 days. What do you see from your chair? No question that they're, they're playing better. And, uh, you know, they had – I mean, let's just be honest. I, I think the, the players and the coaching staff would, tell, would say the same thing. I mean, there was there was no way to go but up. You know, they were not <laughs> playing well yeah. uh, in yep. the month of April and, and uh, early May. And it wasn't any one thing. I mean, people talk about not hitting with runners in scoring position. They talk about the, you know, the bullpen faltering a little bit. Uh, Maeda hasn't been as good as, you know, anywhere near as good as he was last year. So, they, I mean, it was kind of a, a whole roster malaise, yeah. basically. And, and frankly, a really good defense had some oops, you know, in the field. So they just were – and this happens with teams often. You know, yeah. you just the, the general malaise of, of, the, of the whole team. And uh, they're starting to come out of that. They're hitting the ball better up and down lineup, and that fixes a lot of things. Boy, when, you, when you're not hitting – Everything looks lifeless. You look, it's like you got no energy. All that. That's what it looks like. I mean, the players sure, are trying. Sure. You know, they're trying to generate it. But, you know, really, they, when this club has two or three guys only, any club, two or three guys only that are hitting, you're not going to have good runners in scoring position numbers because there's just too many guys that aren't hitting. And, and, it, and the lineup turns over, and you get the two guys that are, and they get on, and nobody else is. And, you know, it, it's it's really hard. You can look at all kinds of stats. and. Uh, but just generally speaking, the team wasn't is a team full of talent that mm -hmm. wasn't playing up to it. Uh, you know, across the board. I mean, it's it may be one of the most talented teams that I've seen play as you know as have the results that they had in in April, early May. I mean, they've got a lot of talent. That is that is fascinating. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up the the defensive sort of oopsies because that's been the part. Okay, the bullpen. All right. It's mostly a guy getting put in a high leverage spot, and he doesn't get the job done for a month. All right, I've seen that before. That happens in baseball. Right. But I've been shocked by Josh Donaldson, Gold Glove defender, Anderson Simmons, Gold Glove defender. When you see guys like that, like just boot a ball that you would expect a big leaguer to make, that's kind of 
surprised me, Roy, when, when I heard we were going to be talking with you today. I thought, well, this is great. One, I love your insight. You do great work on the broadcasts. Thank you. But two, okay, I've had big leaguers on the show. We've had uh, national analysts and stuff like that. I've talked to some people who know the game of baseball very well and very much better than myself. But I don't think I've talked to a big league shortstop on the show, Roy. <laughs> and who better than to analyze Andrelton Simmons and what he can bring to the Twins on his best day defensively. What have you seen from that guy's glove? You know, I think day in, day out, I I was really excited to have him come play shortstop for the Twins. And and moving um, uh, for two reasons. First of all, a terrific defensive shortstop. I thought that was going to make the team better. And moving Polanco to second base, I think it it makes the team better. I think Jorge Polanco's got a chance to be gold glove caliber second baseman and the reason i think that is because uh, because of the things he does well he's uh he's steady on the ball hit at him he's really good is very athletic he's good at dive plays right so and second base that's what you do over there you know see the the play is either almost ridiculously easy or you're trying you're making a fully extended uh play play of of some kind and he's good at that and from second base, you can get up and you have time to get up and throw somebody out. And he's got a great, accurate arm from underneath. So turning double sure. plays, you know, making dive plays and getting up and throwing. He's got arm strength from funny positions that, that is going to be real good. So I, I really like that. Now to your question. Anderson Simmons, I mean, they're day in, day out. I don't think there's anybody any better uh, at shortstop. I think he's he's terrific. I He's had a couple of, when I say oops, there, there have been a couple of uh, errors that he's made that have been head scratchers just yeah. be, because it's, it, it's almost careless looking, and I don't know that that's what it, what it was. But, um, it, you know, he's, he's lobbed some throws over the first base, you know, they had the, you know, bounce in the dirt, and then the first baseman doesn't catch it, and, and it's an error. He's, he's missed, a, missed a throw uh, or, or two out at second base, and he's kind of said, well, he's way too good for that. So. Yeah. But I will I will tell you that uh, at you're involved in so much at shortstop. There's you know I, I read one stat uh, at some point in time that a shortstop is involved in 70 percent of the plays over over the course of the season. He touches the ball 70 percent of the time of any of a ball put in play. You know I mean <laughs> just some ridiculous number. Wow. So it's and not all of it is you know high leverage. I mean sometimes it's just receiving the ball back from the outfield on a single or whatever it is. But there's you get most of the ground ball action by definition of where that position is. And you have double plays, you know, turning, you have relays. There's all kinds of stuff that shortstop's involved in. And you're going to make some errors. I mean, shortstop's just, you're just going to, you know, suck up some errors. Yeah. That is just the way it is. And I think over the course of the rest of this year, Twins fans are going to be thrilled with some of the things they see Simmons do out there. Simmons at short, Donaldson I mentioned at third, hopefully get Buxton back before too much longer. This was kind of supposed to be a calling card of the 2021 Twins. Just an amazing defense all around. I was asked earlier, what's, you know, what, what is the, the personality or the characteristic of this team going to be? And I said, you know, I'm going to go out and I'm going to say, I'm gonna say it, it's going to be defense. You know, I mean, it, more mm. than hitting, more than pitching, whatever it is. And uh, it hasn't been all the way there yet. Um, uh, uh, much because of you know Buxton not being in sure injury and anything. and uh, you know Polanco has you know not played every day his ankle still bothering him a little bit and he's starting to come around and and uh, Donaldson early in the season yep. got that hamstring you know yep. so 
it, it's been a weird year. Every every team gets injuries. Every team's getting more injuries these days than I've ever seen before. It's it, it's mind-boggling. Do you have a theory on that? I mean, it's you know, up I, everywhere. It, it is everywhere, and I I haven't got a clue. Okay. I you know I I really don't. I I mean it's. It, they're doing everything they can that they think is will be good for preventing injuries, like you know not pushing guys real hard in spring training and, and giving them days off sure. during the season, all that. But but it, it, that doesn't seem to be a, an indicator. So I, I don't know. I uh, follow the Twins most closely. Kind of get in this bubble a little bit, but then every time you cast your eye out to another team, and oh, they just lost a star. They lost two pitchers in three it's, days. It's, it's amazing. All around the game of yeah, baseball. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, the Twins have that to stand on a little bit, but also they would be the first to acknowledge Roy that yeah, it's it's kind of it's happening everywhere. Uh, little birdie tipped me off on this, Roy. Yesterday on the broadcast, I saw uh, Ken Herbeck was featured. I saw his <laughs> uh, Bloomington's proudest son, I might point out, as a Bloomington guy myself. You teased that you had a Kent Herbeck story that was appropriate for air, but that you just didn't have enough time for. I've got a few minutes here. Do you have a story <laughs> that you can share about well, Kent Herbeck? You know, it's uh, – Herbie was such a great teammate, such a great guy, and, and – and, uh, I don't know how much people know about how funny uh, you know Rex was is because he's <laughs> he's got a just a great wry sense of humor and and uh, and it, I don't even know why I said that you know about the story because okay. I looked at him I said and it, you know I looked at him I go and it just this story just popped into my I mean he made me laugh just looking at it it made me sure, laugh sure sure. And uh, just because he's uh, because it reminded me of his sense of humor in this in the story. So I will tell you, it's um, uh, gosh, I don't. It was back at the Metrodome, and there was a big deal uh, being made about the balls being the baseballs being juiced. Okay, and it was in, it was in that era, <laughs> right? Sure. And and uh, Herbie is going through a you know, a rough time, and and uh, and. I mean, really, really slumping, and he's obviously cranky about it, and you know, not feeling, not feeling great, and and uh, in this juiced ball uh, era, at least they were thought it was. Uh, There's a uh, reporter that uh, someone came up to him in the clubhouse and and, and said, uh, "Ken, do you do you mind if I uh, talk to you about?" And Herbie looked at him and goes, "What are you gonna, what are you gonna talk to me about?" And I guess, well, I, you know, nothing, you know, personal. I just want to know what you think about, you know, whether you think the, the balls are being juiced. <laughs> and Herbie looked at him for, for a couple of seconds and said, so what, does it look like my two hoppers to short are getting there faster now? <laughs> Our two hoppers to second base. Yeah, and uh, sure. it, it actually, and, oh, it just made me laugh. It's just such a classic <laughs> Classic Herbie story. Yeah, he is a quick wit. Uh, I think is the thing that you say maybe flies under the radar yeah, a little it, bit. Yeah, for sure. With some of his hijinks. Uh, Roy, I can't thank you enough for the time. Uh, it's just it's great getting to talk with you. Love following you on Twitter. Uh, it's at Roy Smalley Five. Is that correct? Where people yep. can find you there. Yep. If you're not already following him, you should be. And check him out on the broadcast today on Bally Sports North. Roy Smalley, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Derek. Pleasure. You're listening to Twins Today, driven by the Mauer Auto Group, more than cars. I'm your host, Derek Wetmore, here at Target Field, where there is some tarp hijinks going on, but we'll keep you updated on the weather as we learn more. Coming up on Twins Today, I am talking to the woman who founded Project Success. 
a nonprofit partner of the Minnesota Twins who strives to help kids dream about their future and to give them to the tools they need to help achieve that success. All that and more Twins baseball talk coming up next. You're listening to News Talk 830 WCCO. Twins Today is driven by the Mauer Auto Group. More than cars. I'm your host, Derek Wetmore, welcoming into the show now from the Mauer Auto Group, our friend Jeremy. Jeremy, how's it going today? It's going great. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you. Thank you for asking. And uh, boy, start of summer, exciting time for you guys. I, I already know what we're going to talk about today because you guys have a big sale coming up. Yeah, it's a huge sale coming up. But you know what? All we got to talk about the boys of summer. It's actually summer now and we got some home games and everything's going awesome with the twins yeah i love it uh so jeremy tell me about this sale though too since you became a friend of the show this is the biggest event that you guys have done yeah this is our biggest event of the year we we teased it a couple months ago uh this is our event at the noka county fairgrounds and we are bringing all the inventory from all the stores and all the salespeople, and every bit of everything we have is going into this fair you guys are pulling out all the stops from what I understand. Yeah, we took over the whole entire fairgrounds. We're going to bring all of our inventory there. And what we're going to do is we're going to have our biggest sale of the whole entire year going on from Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That's June 3rd through the 5th. But what we're going to do a little special this year is on Wednesday, we're going to have a buying event. We're going to buy your car. So it's a little bit, we're going to flip it around. And then, you know, if we give you a good enough value and you want to buy a car, you can use that value on Thursday and come back in and sell it. But on Wednesday, bring your car in. We're just going to buy it from you. So Wednesday is the buying event if people are looking to sell their car to you as the Mauer Auto Group. And then Thursday through Saturday, some of the best deals of the year. Yeah, we're going to be selling all the cars. We've got everything up there. Inventory, like we said, is very tight. But we've got three big stores and we've got very large inventory. So all our Chevy inventory is going to be up there. And then all of our used cars, we're going to have over 300 used cars. We've got probably two to 250. I mean, we're going to have five to 600 cars there. Like I said, we're taking over the entire fairgrounds. We're going to have music. We're going to have food trucks. We're going to have fair food. Everything you can expect in a big event in the summer, we've got it. Give us, if somebody's hearing this or just tuning in to Twins today, maybe the quickest way they can learn about this sale that's coming up this next week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, you just go to any one of our websites. You've got MauerMainChevrolet.com, you've got MauerChev.com, and you've got MauerBuickGMC.com. There's going to be links to this event on all of those websites. MauerMainChevrolet.com, MauerChevrolet.com, or MauerBuickGMC.com. Awesome. You heard it here first. Jeremy, thank you so much for your support and for your time today. All right, you too. Thank you so much. Welcome back to Twins Today, driven by the Mauer Auto Group, more than cars. I'm your host, Derek Wetmore, and we invite to the program now a very special guest who's the founder and executive director of Project Success, Adrian Dirks. Adrian, thanks for taking the time today. Well, thank you, Derek. I am so excited to be here. We're excited to have you, excited to talk about this story, and I want to set a couple of things for listeners right off the bat. What is Project Success and who do you serve? So Project Success is a youth development organization. We, in January, turned 27 years old. We have been working with Minneapolis public school 6th through 12th graders for 27 years. We work with students and their families 
to help students dream about their future, help them take steps to get there, um, provide experiences and activities of excellence uh, to help students gain tools that will take them through the rest of their lives. So I always say it's about creating experiences and workshops and tools to help students think about who they are, explore what's out there in the world and what they wanna do in that world. And um, I'll just say, Derek, you know, we believe students have it all inside them. We just facilitate experiences and activities that help them create the future they want for themselves. I love that. I love the mission and I want to dig into it in a second, but first I'd like to set for the listeners. This is a twin show. We're getting ready for first pitch of twins baseball here. What is your connection with the Minnesota twins and how'd that all get started? Well, I have a lifelong connection to the Minnesota twins. Just personally, my grandfather listened to every game with the little earpiece in his ear and you'd hear him say, go twins. So I, I grew up a big twins fan and le- learning baseball from my grandfather, but Our connection is really special to the Minnesota Twins and to the Polad family. Project success from the very beginning, when I started it when I was very young, was about dreams. As a young person, I thought, what if young people could dream about their future from an early age and then take time and years to explore what those dreams were and how to make those uh, dreams a reality? Well, that relates to the Polads because we were when we were just new, a newer organization in our first five years, and the Polad family and the Minnesota Twins were supporters. They came to us and said that the three sons want to do something special for Carl's 90th birthday and want to help organizations build recognition, acknowledgement, and gain individual supporters. So they were going to give an event, and they surprised Carl with this event. And they said it would be a one-time event. And we're now in our 17th year of events with the Minnesota Twins. (laughs) And it's made our dreams come true uh, as an organization and working with kids. But I'll tell you, we have a picture of all of us in our Project Success Twins t-shirts at the Dome, at the Metrodome. We brought 3,000 students and their families. And we celebrated Carl's birthday. And the Minnesota Twins... Jim Polat and the whole family have continued to really help us be there for students year after year. Such an amazing origin story. And uh, congratulations on 17 years now with the Minnesota Twins. Uh, The organization is called Project Success, and we're talking with the executive director and founder, Adrian Dirks. So I mentioned I wanted to unpack some of what you do, Adrian, and I'm going to ask you a little bit of a loaded question to do that. With the organization being called Project Success, tell me, what does success look like to you in this case? Well, I love that question. The big picture is is a couple things. Success for us is a student that has graduated high school that because of our workshops and our relationships with their facilitators and our team and our college tours and our trips to the Boundary Waters and our institute certificates, Success for us is a student graduates high school and they know themselves better. They have a plan for their future. They've taken steps towards that plan. And as we all know, plans can change. So they also have really important tools like how to overcome obstacles and self-confidence and knowing how they are special and different and have all those tools in their tool belt to take them through the rest of their lives. That is success. 
one of the things that inspires me every day and keeps me here every day is besides our incredible team of 37, many of whom are alumni, who every day work with our 16,000 students and their families. I had, a, I had an English teacher a long time ago when we started at North High School who said, you may never know your impact and that's okay. And that's part of being a teacher and part of working with kids. But I will tell you, Derek, every day somebody writes or we see a story or somebody who maybe was in the program 30 years ago, but because or 27 years ago, but because we work with students with the majority over seven years, you, you have someone write us or call and say, I don't know if you know that our college tours or our workshops were the, the window to the world for me and have, have helped lead me to where I have gotten myself today. There's nothing better than that. I mean, it's really, it's profound, the difference that you could make in a, in a student's life. And I, I thank you for the work that you guys are doing. And it seems like a relatively small part of it in the grand scheme of things, but baseball is also a part of this experience. How can baseball sort of help? Well, there's a couple pieces. You know, one of the things we, we do in Project Success is we, we use the arts and we use theater as that springboard for discussion, as that, uh, what I love is a metaphor for truly being part of a fabric of a community. Well, we know not only in, in all of our years, but especially today, connection with each other, with families and students, and with community are critical. And fun is critical. And from that first game we came to 27 years ago, if you can imagine handing out 3,000 t-shirts and getting great seats and meeting players and um, cheering on together, and then our students did the first pitch. They performed at seventh inning stretch. That is about community and togetherness. And it's also about feeling that you're important. You're, you, you're singing, what our kids are singing in Project Success t-shirts and Minnesota Twins teachers t-shirts. So it's the Twins, the stadium, the Polad family, they are part of this community and they've done a lot in this community and they continue to do that. And the fact that our kids and families through our partnership get to be part of the games and part of the fun and be on the field and meet players is really special. And they're things that, that kids will always and they do always remember. You know, one of the things that I think is really unique about Project Success is our long-term relationships with students and their families. When we go start in the classroom uh, in sixth grade, work with all sixth graders in Minneapolis. So you start with a young person when they're 11 and you work with them all the way through uh, high school. That's where greater impact can happen year over year after year. You're taking students on college and career tours that you explored with them, the, these students whose dreams you explored with them when they were 11. Well, the Minnesota Twins, have been that partner for us and for our students. And that has created, I think, greater impact, greater connection and relationships, which is one of the keys to success. It's amazing work that you do, and we sure appreciate you doing it. Give people, if listeners hear this and they're moved to action uh, to help out in any kind of way, what is a way that a listener of Twins Today could get involved in this project? Well, there are many ways to get involved. First of all, you can go to projectsuccess.org and there are ways to volunteer. You can donate. You can uh, continue to support the Minnesota Twins who support us and 
those funds that help give young people tickets, that's really incredible. We have an institute with four certificates and that's growing and we often use uh, volunteer experts in that as well. But go to projectsuccess.org uh, and there'll be many ways there. And of course, you can always call me. I'm Adrian. I'm listed on the website and I'm happy to talk to anyone who wants to get involved. That's fantastic. She's wide open. Uh, the website again is projectsuccess.org. The organization is Project Success. Been working with the Minnesota Twins for 17 years now in their 27th year of existence. That voice is Adrian Dirks, the founder and executive director. Adrian, thank you so much for taking the time to join Twins today. Thank you, Derek. Really, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. You're listening to Twins Today, driven by the Mauer Auto Group, more than cars. More talk about the Minnesota Twins when we come back. You're listening to News Talk 830-WCCO. All right, welcome back. Twins Today, driven by the Mauer Auto Group, more than cars. I'm your host, Derek Wetmore, sitting out here at Target Field as the weather starts to clear up. And there was much rejoicing. A couple of updates for you, and then we're going to welcome in a special guest for the final two segments of Twins Today, all leading up to Inside Twins and the Adana Realty pregame lineup card and first pitch around 1-10. Matt Shoemaker, Brad Keller, scheduled to go on the mound today. A big update for you is I don't see the tarp. They look like they're getting the field ready. Trust this for what it's worth. My degree was in journalism, not meteorology, but I think they'll be playing today. Uh, the other big update as it pertains to the Twins, Max Kepler to the 10-day IL with that hamstring. You saw him pull up a little bit short and uh, limping after first base in the second inning as he tried to beat out a ground ball. Kepler to the IL. Ben Rortvet will take his place on the Twins' active roster. If you'd like to get your calls in here on Twins Today in the final couple segments, 651-989, excuse me, 9226. That's 651-989-9226. And we welcome to the show Twins Today, a very special guest, radio host for WCCO. He is Steve Thompson. Steve, thanks for taking the time. How's it going today? Yeah, good. I'm glad the weather is going to cooperate. It's still a little chilly out there, but it looks like they'll get in the ball game. It was a gorgeous day on Saturday, though. Wow. Unreal. I found it to be a great day, not only to be at the ballpark, but after that, a great day to be out in the garden as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. I, I have plenty of chores to do this time of year, and I, I look out my window and I think, yeah, it's going to be a great day to have Corey and Danny call the ball game while I get some work done. Exactly right. You got that exactly right. Well, I, like I say in the intro there, Steve, not a meteorologist, so don't take my word for it, but it's sure looking promising there out on the field at Target Field. And speaking of promising, too, uh, you've been taking this in just as well as I have. Uh, the Twins playing better baseball recently, 7-2 and two in their last nine coming into the rubber match today on Sunday. Uh, just a lot more fun when the Twins are performing well on the field. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about it, Derek. I, I've been in on Saturdays and filling in for Mike Max and Henry Lake. And, you know, there, there was a good news, bad news. Good news, it's early in the year. The, the bad news, the Twins just about anything that could go wrong has gone wrong. You look at the injuries, you brought up Max Kepler headed to the injured list. The list goes on and on. Byron Buxton was playing just absolutely MVP caliber ball. 
He's out of the lineup. No timetable for his return. Kenta Maeda, the A's a year ago. The list goes on and on for the Twins. But the good news is they get the Orioles and the Royals at the right time. And I think today is a key game. Get the W. And then you get Baltimore with a Memorial Day matinee. Three at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. And then the Royals for four. It is an opportunity for the Twins to climb that hill and get back to 500. Yeah, exactly right. If you'd like to get your voice in on the Twins, got a question for me or for Steve, or you just want to get some comments off your chest, 651-989-9226 is the number to call. The program is Twins Today. I'm your host, Derek Wetmore, special guest, Steve Thompson. And I want to dig in on the schedule there because, Steve, they had a rough go in the – it's more than just the month of April. The first six weeks of the season were not kind to the Minnesota Twins. I am of the belief, and you tell me if I'm crazy here, I checked the standings for the first time June 1st. That is official check the standings day in my calendar, and we're not there yet, but that's a little bit of an extreme viewpoint. Uh, do you think that the Twins have dug themselves really too big of a hole? Or if they are able to go on a run here from June 1st on, that they are still time to climb back in this race in the American League Central? Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. There's still time. I heard from someone a long, long time ago when I was fretting about the standings in April, and he said to me, don't even bother with the standings until Memorial Day weekend. And I brought it up on the radio yesterday. Now, now is the time you look at the standings. And really, the, you start with getting back to 500. You hear that over and over. That That's goal number one. Get back to 500. There's still nine games under going into the game today. But as I pointed out, the schedule coming up, you've got the Orioles. We know what they did to the Orioles at Target Field. It was a clean sweep. Mm -hmm. If they can take two out of three, continue to play well against the Kansas City Royals. Another factor for me in all of it, Derek, is, is that they have so many games in the division. And, and we know the unbalanced schedule. You get a lot of games with the Tigers and Cleveland and Chicago in Kansas City, and I believe that'll be a big help in the Twins getting back into this thing. I just think there's just too much talent in this everyday lineup, too, poten too much potential run production, and if Kenta Maeda can return and start to return to the form he had in, in 2020, I, I think the Twins are going to be okay and, and can still get back into this thing. Yeah, I don't disagree with the schedule imbalance. Thing. I think that's a fascinating point, that if they got some of their – division rivals while it wasn't going well um, again they got a lot of work let, cut out so I don't mean to say this is a cakewalk or anything yeah. like that but it would be nice if they could get a guy like Byron Buxton back get the pitching staff clicking again uh, get back to playing like they are capable of playing as a roster and then you face your your White Sox your Cleveland um, I I think that's a great point and and it's well made there, Steve. I won't break my rule here on the show and point out that the Twins are 10 games back of the White Sox right now in the standings. I'll have to wait until next week to uh, point that out. But nine games under 500 and playing a little bit better baseball. Let me ask you about the pitching staff because the bullpen was a big concern for people in the month of April. But I kind of look at the starting staff as a heartbeat of any ball club. I want to know, uh, do you see that 
throw in whatever names you want to, that the Twins have a mix that can allow them to go on that sort of run? Is my personal opinion, you don't get hot, you don't go on an extended winning streak run unless you have the starting pitching each night to do it. Do you think the Twins have the arms to pull that off here as we close May, turn into June? Yeah, I, I do, and, and I brought up Ken Tamaeda. Huge key in all of this. And is he able to return to form? That That's big. And in getting more out of Jose Barrio, start in and, and start out for him every five days. I, I think Big Mike has shown when he's healthy uh, can be effective. Jay Happ's really been a great story. And then with Matt Shoemaker, who's going to get the call today, it, it's been very much up and down. But, but they are veteran guys. And even though the Twins, by all appearances, don't have that front line you know marquee number one starter i think they have enough depth and enough experience over the long haul this summer to get back into it but but i still point to maeda being a big key and of course maeda and barrios number one and number two in this rotation are, are a big part of it they're going to dictate a lot on on how good that starting pitching is this summer yeah and the name you mentioned there too matt shoemaker who gets the ball today uh, some people say like oh whatever just a fifth starter nobody's got a, a great fifth starter but i think matt shoemaker could be a real key too because if you get good starts from those guys or i'll throw another name in here randy dobnak who i really have liked what i've seen in a couple of outings here and going back to years past that you get those guys giving you six good innings now all of a sudden it's the quintessential what what's the baseball cliche steve that like uh, your momentum is your next day's starting pitcher. We all love that one. But here's another cliche that's actually true about this Twins team. If they can get that starting staff rolling, you got a chance every single night to win a ball game. That is a big key when you have an offense that's as good as the Minnesota Twins too. So I, I think your point's well made. On The starting staff is, yeah, they're kind of a key to get this thing going, but you, you like some of the arms if they can get it going again. Yeah, and once again, April and May, just whatever could go wrong mm. has gone wrong for the Minnesota Twins. And I'm a big believer in things even out. You're, you're never really as, as bad or or in a hot streak. No no team's ever quite that good. Sure. So I think things are going to even out. I, I'm still very optimistic. And one of the things I'm excited about is Alex Karloff and, and Trevor Larnick and the fact that they're getting extended playing time, I think we're going to see, with all the injuries, not only are these guys forced to play, but I think it's a great opportunity for these guys to say, hey, they, they belong in the major leagues, and they belong uh, with the Twins the remainder of the way. And the, those guys are, are fighting their way into the lineup, and, and they want it to be a tough decision for Rocco Baldelli and Derek Falvey and Thad Levine to make sure that they stay with the team. Once you get to the big leagues, you want to stay in the big leagues. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely right. Uh, Steve, we got to squeeze in a break here, um, but I, I, I want to touch on that point when we come back, talk about the Alex Kirilov bat, Trevor Larnick's bat, and also just uh, some recent injury news if you're just joining us on Twins today. Max Kepler. Now joining Byron Buxton on the injured list, uh, he goes down for 10 days with a hamstring. Ben Rortvet up to take his place on the active roster. Talk about that roster when we come back here on Twins Today, driven by the Mauer Auto Group more than cars, right here on News Talk 830-WCCO.
Welcome back to Twins Today, driven by the Mauer Auto Group, More Than Cars. Final segment here as we get you ready for Inside Twins, leading into the Adana Realty pregame lineup card, and it's all leading up to first pitch between Twins and Royals, Matt Shoemaker, Brad Keller on the mound. I'm your host, Derek Wetmore, and we've got a special guest into the show today, uh, Steve Thompson, who hosts the radio show for WCCO Radio. You've heard his voice. You know his name. We'll take your calls in this final segment, too. 651-989-9226 is where you can get in if you'd like to get some thoughts on the Minnesota Twins. And, Steve, before we went to break, you were talking about two of the most promising uh, aspects that I think of the 2021 season. That's Trevor Larnick and Alex Kirilov. You never want uh, injury to be an opportunity, but, boy, it sure looks like these guys are running with the opportunity that the Twins have given them in 2021. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, it's funny, Derek, Alex Kirilov was a name we became familiar with in the offseason because there, there was a lot of optimism that Kirilov could go into spring training and have a great spring and be the starting left fielder for the Minnesota Twins this year. It didn't pan out that way. And as you pointed out, injuries have brought Kirilov and Larnick to the major leagues. But but you look at what these guys have done throughout their careers to this point, and everything point, you know, to those guys being, you know, a huge part of the Twins' future. And as I mentioned before the break, these guys are saying, hey, the future is now. We want to stay in the major leagues. Um <laughs> No disrespect to the minor leagues or, or AAA or the St. Paul Saints, but they'd much rather be in the bigs and, and, and be playing with the Minnesota Twins. And I think now it's their opportunity. If they continue, it's going to make it very difficult uh, for Rocco Baldelli or Derek Falvey or Thad Levine to, to send these guys out when, when guys get back from injury. That That's ultimately the only thing the players can control. And Larnick hit the home run yesterday. I think he's got three on the year. And, uh, Kirilov has shown signs. They hit the ball hard. Uh, and and once again, they are going to be a big part of this question. Is, are they going to be a big part of it uh, deep into 2021? Yeah, and so we're talking about outfielders. We're talking about injury. Just to update listeners, uh, maybe you're just joining Twins today or haven't heard the injury news from today. So we know Byron Buxton is on the injured list. He's working his way back. Hopefully he'll be in the lineup before too much longer, but first you'd expect a rehab assignment. And the latest that I had heard was uh, Twins president of baseball ops, Derek Falvey, saying that uh, Buxton had had not a setback, not necessarily a snag, but just as he's working through his running progressions, the deceleration mode is uh, is still a little bit of a challenge for Buxton as he deals with that hip strain. And uh, go figure, Byron Buxton has a hard time slowing down. Uh, I think that uh, those jokes write themselves. But now also the, the sort of downer news for the Twins is Max Kepler is going on the injured list to join him with the hamstring. Kepler had been kind of nursing that along, and then the Twins were thinking he was getting closer to 100%, and he opened it up on a ground ball during yesterday's ball game, had to come out of the game. He now goes on the injured list, Ben Rortvet up to replace his spot on the roster. So in the short term, Steve, the, the plan is in center field until Byron Buxton can come back and Kepler now at least 10 days away before he could roam center field for the Twins. In center field, you've got Twins legend Rob Refsnyder, who uh, <laughs> has had a bit of a journeyman career, but boy, he is also taking 
advantage of his opportunity. He's been a lot of fun for me to watch this year, just sort of like bounced around seven, eight major league clubs and through the minor leagues. He's 30 now, and he's making the most of his chance in the big leagues. Yeah, it, it is. Saturday's a great example. A couple of hits, a couple of runs driven in. Uh, it is a great story, and there, there's no way Byron Buxton is in the lineup Rob Raff Snyder is playing all that much for the Minnesota Twins. So yeah, it, right. it's another another example of a guy making the most of his opportunity. And he, he's been huge for the Twins as of late. You, you could point to Rob Raff Snyder as being one of the two or three guys that's contributed as much as anybody to this recent string where the Twins have started to play better. Roy Smalley was our guest earlier on the show, Steve, and he made a great point. And, and I think, you know, some people will say, oh, that's a cliche. No, this this, this applies. I, I don't like using cliches, Steve. I don't know if you know this about me, but, like, I don't, I don't like just uh, relying on sort of what everybody else says. But in this case, when what everybody says is the truth, I have no choice but to share it. Roy made the point that if you have a great offense that's clicking on all cylinders, it can paper over a lot of cracks on, on the rest of your roster. So if you just... If you're not playing the best defense or if your pitching isn't what it's been, uh, a great offense will do that. So so to that quick point that you made on Ref Snyder, he's hitting 381 and he's slugging almost 600 this year. And they're not cheapies. You look at his uh, under the hood metrics too. Rob Ref Snyder grades out pretty well as smoking the ball right now. Um, still. A lot of bats missing from that Twins lineup, Steve. We mentioned Buxton, Kepler now on the shelf. Nelson Cruz had dealt with a hand thing a little bit. Polanco's been nursing an ankle. I mean, it's just one after another. Where do you see this Twins offense going with some of their big names on the shelf? Yeah, and uh, you, you can't forget about the Luis Arise as well. Point. Yep, that's right. You know, figured to be a, a, a big factor in uh, Rocco Baldelli's toolbox with this lineup. I, I think when healthy, th- this lineup is scary, and they just haven't been there. You, you, you keep going back to the first two months of the season. The, 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 sure, the Twins are nine games under 500 at this point, but I don't know what could have extra inning games you know what a nightmare that was yeah it, it just seemed impossible and i i think we're starting to head to the norm on that as well i am impressed by this lineup when healthy i think you brought up byron buxton in the fact that you know he he still has ways to go um that that's a little bit concerning because we know the twins record with byron buxton in the lineup that that's one of those numbers that uh you know the regular media the folks covering the team throw it out but it is so important byron buxton means a ton to this team and getting him back is going to be as big a factor as anything if the twins ultimately late in summer and into the fall are going to be contending for a spot in the playoffs that Buxton record's a real thing. That's another one of yeah. those. You can't really dismiss that as coincidence when it's been demonstrated so much over the years and you see his value. Uh, Steve Thompson is our guest on Twins Today. Got about a minute here, Steve. Earlier on the show, we had Mark Feinsand talking about the Twins as possible sellers at the trade deadline. I'll just ask you point blank. Do you think it's too early to be having that conversation here in late May? It is. I, I think it is too early. I, I think you get through this week. I, I think it's a week-by-week week thing. The, the sure. Twins need to continue to take advantage. Huge rubber game coming up today goes without saying. Take another series. 
go into Baltimore, and then you get four with the Royals. Uh, the schedule, it's been well documented, uh, does get tougher on paper as you head into June. It's still a week-by-week thing. I, I don't think Derek Falvey or Thad Levine and the Twins front office should consider that at all until you get to the All-Star break. And where is this team at the break, and where do they sit in the standings? If the White Sox all of a sudden get blazing hot and win, you know, 10 of 15 or uh, 12 of 15 games and really start to run away, but then then you can maybe start looking at that. But it, if the Twins can continue their climb back to 500, there's always a wild card. There's always that opportunity to sneak into the playoffs that way. Love it. That's the voice of Steve Thompson, radio host at WCCO. Steve, thank you so much for taking the time to join Twins today. Oh, it's been great, Derek. Thanks, and congrats on the show. Oh, thank you. Thanks. We'll talk on down the line, Steve. Yeah, it's a deal. That is the voice of Steve Thompson, radio host for WCCO. Um, I'm Derek Wetmore, your host here on Twins Today, driven by the Mauer Auto Group. More Than Cars, really fun show today. If you missed any of it, check out the podcast. Mark Feinsand and Roy Smalley joined the show to share some of their unique insights. Coming up, we've got Inside Twins. We've got the Adina Realty pregame lineup card. And we've got Twins and Royals first pitch scheduled for about 110. Talk to you next week on Twins Today, driven by the Mauer Auto Group on WCCO. You have been listening to Twins Today, driven by the Mauer Auto Group. More Than Cars. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.